Chicago, we have a very special guest. Welcome, Will Powers, PR lead for the Americas for Razor. What up, what up, what up, Will? How are you doing? How's everything going today? Hey, Khalif. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, real happy to be here. <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, you know, you are fam. I've I've known you for God knows how long in, in, in this space, in this industry. Um, you have been one of my favorite for folks to work with. Uh, when it comes to, you know, connecting with brands, connecting with the folks who are helping us to build out our show and and, and kind of share that information back out to the audience. Um, again, so thank you so much for being here. I know you had a wild week at CES. Uh, uh, what is it, last week at this point? Because I don't know what time is. Uh, but last week working <laughs> at CES and working the booth uh, for Razor. But before we get into that layer of the mm-hmm. conversation today, Give the folks at home a little information about the work that you've done, because I, you know, I know of you for for all the stuff that you've been able to knock out in this space, but maybe the folks at home don't. So share a little bit of info about what you've been working on in this career. Yeah, um, I can give you guys a, a quick elevator pitch of my life. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go through the whole uh, museum behind me in my bookshelf <laughs> of my career, but um, uh, yeah. So I've been I've been in PR and marketing uh, around the video game space for around like. 12 years. Uh, I started at PlayStation. Um, I won that job uh, after winning a reality TV show uh, in, for PlayStation uh, <laughs> back in 2009, I believe. Uh, there was a show which uh, is called The Tester. It was actually, um, it has a little bit of fame just because it was the first live action serial reality TV show to ever be streamed. Mm-hmm. Uh, on anything Netflix, like anything. Uh, it was on PlayStation Network. Um, it was, uh, I'm not going to defame it, but it was uh, about one eighth of the budget that it should have had. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, it, it's cringe for that reason. Uh, but hey, it got me in the industry. Uh, I got a job at PlayStation, worked there for a while, uh, doing, heading up, um, some software PR, so uh, some games down in the San Diego studio. I uh, left there uh, and it worked for um, a couple of agencies. Uh, deep, uh, worked for uh, Square Enix and a bunch of different guys on the agency side. Then uh, went over to Deep Silver, ended up uh, in charge of all of their marketing and PR for the Americas uh, for a while. So Saints Row, Dead Island, uh, Homefront, um, some a little bit more infamous games like Mighty Number no. 9. Uh, and others, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it worked across, I think I launched like 30 games there or something, um, yeah. left and, uh, ran 10 cents, uh, PR in the Americas for a year, uh, did some esports stuff, uh, with a couple different, uh, companies. Uh, and now I'm a lead for PR at Razor, uh, for the Americas. Yeah, it is. I mean, we got familiar, I, uh, especially during the deep silver era. Uh, of, of of Will's work. Um, but I remember seeing you on the tester. I remember that moment of being like, wait, like not knowing until much later. I was like, wait a minute, was that Will on the show? Like, oh crap, that was Will. Um, so so it is one of those cool kind of like things you can just like mark off. It's like, want a reality show, got into gaming. It's, it's a weird <laughs> thing. And honestly, like it doesn't come up in conversation more than like once a year probably. Yeah. But some dude recognized me at ces like walked up i this is a bizarre story like um i I walked up to the guy uh because we had a closed booth um Mm. because of 
COVID regulations and, uh, and all guidelines closed, meaning there were stanchions blocking up the entire booth. You had to get in uh, through appointments or going through the front desk. But there was someone on the other side of the stanchions that was fully dressed up like Kel from Good Burger. <laughs> at, at CES, it was the most bizarre thing. Uh, but I was in between appointments, so I ran up to him. I was just like, I was like, dude, I love the outfit. And like went to give him a quick dab. And um, guy looks at me, he's like, Cyrus? <laughs> oh no which was my name during the show uh because it was based off of uh your psn name yeah um but yeah and i was just like oh my god no one's called me that in like 10 years dude <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that person was like in his like ces app he was like scrolling scrolling he's like oh my god cyrus is working the razor booth what in the hell is happening i must i must make my my way over that way that's that's kind of amazing and also kind of scary, but it's also kind of amazing <laughs> all at the same time. It makes for funny stories, Cleef. I, I am sure. I am sure. I, I, I am sure that that is one of those things that one day it, it'll make you a, a rich man. It, it'll, it'll figure out a way to kind of pay off in spades. Ah, um, so one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on besides seeing your lovely face is to talk about the work that you all did during CES this year. So I am a huge mm -hmm. tech fan. You know, I love, you know, gear. I love what Razer has been putting out in the world. I'd literally just move over, just moved over to my <laughs> Naga uh, to play nice. uh, more league uh, because I was not doing well. And I was like, I need more <laughs> buttons uh, to make this, to make this happen. Um, but I think the thing that I go into CES kind of thinking about is, mm -hmm. You know, uh, what's the future of the space going to look like? CES is a beautiful kind of amazing space to think about future tech, where we're going to be leading to. What are the out of the box kind of conversations that people are having who are in the hardware, software and everything else space? And usually gaming isn't really highly kind of indexed at CES. It's not it's kind of an afterthought when right. it comes to uh, that very specific tech show. But the stuff that you showed off this year, I am hyped for. Like, I am seriously excited for a lot of the stuff that you all showed. I remember very specifically seeing, and we'll talk about it in a second, the Project Sophia stuff. As a person who is also building out studios in my home and being like, what's the thing that will help me move, uh, uh, you know, our space into a different layer that I think is going to be not only just useful, but beautiful. Like Razor is killing it in, in a way that I, I've not seen you all do this this well uh, for 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 a small minute in terms of like a full suite of stuff. So. I, yeah, I, I, I want to dig into the nail that on for the sure. head a little. Yeah, you definitely hit the nail on the head uh, where, where CS isn't normally a gaming show. Yeah. But there was one key thing that changed that for this year. Um, I mean, I've been on the software side for so long that I'm used to software generations. Yeah. And that's dictated by hardware. Mm. Uh, hardware is a little bit different in the generations are dictated by chipset manufacturers. Yeah. So uh, this is the first time, uh, to my knowledge, internet call me out if i'm wrong on this one um that cpu and gpu manufacturers aligned with turning on turning over the next generation of hardware at the exact same time and date mm -hmm. so uh there's a brand new uh amd cpu reveal um the uh 
AMD, um, was it, uh, it was the Ryzen, Ryzen 9 6900HX, yeah. uh, which, ha- which we have in our new Blade, uh, Blade 14 model. Uh, and then the Intel, um, the 12th gen CPUs were unveiled. Uh, they're with 14 cores, which is absolutely insane. I think that's, uh, all, I think then, that's Alder Lake, I think. I think that's where they're at. Or, yeah. Not, yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, they have, uh, they have performance and uh, efficiency. So they have PE cores yep. in there. Uh, which is nuts, and then um, and then Nvidia from a GPU standpoint, they unveiled their thirty eighty Ti, their RTX thirty eighty Ti, as well as a mobile solution. And by mobile, I mean laptops, not not phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't stick a thirty eighty in a phone yet. Not yet. That was a hot, that's a hot, that's a new definition of hot pocket that we haven't yeah. <laughs> that we haven't defined yet. But for real. But uh, yeah, I mean that. I think that dictated and made this more of a gaming show because huh. it ch- it had a rollover for hardware generations or at least chipset um, generations for um, for tech at CES for for to my knowledge the first time ever. Yeah, I, it's so funny to hear you talk about P and E cores when I was working at Intel <laughs> and hearing that day after day after day of like, how are we going to talk about P and E cores? How are we going to talk about P and E cores? Uh, and we were like big and little. And then <laughs> people were like, no, you can't use big and little. Um, so, so it, I, let's dig right into Sophia first. Cause I, sure. I think there are a lot of different parts of, of the equation that are, that are in here that I want to dig into. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Sophia as a conceptual, you know, modular gaming desk is this piece of gear that you can attach all of these layers to from both GPU, CPU, you know, the way you're thinking about, you know, data being kind of driven towards the user, mm-hmm. all those ways. So so when was the first time you got a chance to kind of like see this version of what got shown at CES. And I'm just curious in from your person or yeah, well, uh, like, I mean, I know renders. that there's like renders of like when the first initial, like here's the thing that we're even thinking about talking about in any version publicly that was like, okay, here's the thing that we're going to put out on CES. And here's the way we're going to kind of talk about this. I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. Cause that is wild to think about. Like, this is what this conversation was uh, for this particular piece of gear. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's uh, it's important to take a step back first and yeah. talk about like concept products in general. Yeah. Um, C- CES, uh, I'll, I'll compare CES to E3 yeah. for a second, just because E3 is a it is about talking to the consumers um, and getting them excited, usually for what's coming like in the next six months, like throughout the rest of the year. Yeah. And like, here's here's trailers, here's stuff that you can buy. Uh, CES is about starting off the year and getting people excited about the future. Mm. Um, not necessarily something they can buy. Um, it's just what is what is the latest from a techno- technological standpoint and what company is paving the way. Mm. So very much from that sense, that's how we engineer our messaging around CES and the products that we're looking to showcase. Uh, because half the time that we unveil a concept product like Project Sophia, yeah. it doesn't end up making it to market. Um, there's There are countless versions, whether it's the, the triple monitor laptop display or the modular uh, gaming tower uh, that we unveiled a couple of years back. Um, there are countless versions. Uh, 
things that we just essentially flex from a, a technological perspective to show cool things that we're capable of doing. And then we listen to response, uh, response from the community, from media, and people may or may not like it. They really like uh, uh, there's an opportunity for, for us to go back to the engineers, um, the guys that are doing the industrial design, um, as well as the bean counters to see what makes sense uh, from a, uh, a price point, as well as a feature set standpoint to take this uh, this thing from product from a concept product project to a consumer facing product. Yeah. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's kind of the macro about how we look at things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think from my perspective, these things have to be worked on months and months and months in advance. Yeah. Um, I just kept hearing something called the desk. <laughs> and I, I didn't see it for a while um the first time i ever saw like a real picture of it it was built on the show floor and i was huh. uh and i was flying out to see it that's why so, so it's interesting because i have some of that insider knowledge stuff when i worked over at mm -hmm. intel and i think that that was one of those ideas like i think i saw something that was super early prototype that was like dual screen laptops right um and you're like is this a thing that someone would actually purchase if it was real and, and out in the world i think when i see something like sophia uh it, the first thing that i thought was like this is perfect for folks who are in this content creation space like mm -hmm when when the folks are, are are back in in the drawing boards and thinking about what is a useful tool for the consumer and then you get a chance to message that out to the masses being at cs or, or doing the work on on social and all that kind of stuff what's the balance that you have to kind of uh, uh, uh kind of mitigate when you're trying to share that information across to folks to say like Hold on a second. I know you got really hyped about this thing that we just showed you, but this is not a thing that we're selling just yet. How do you figure out how to balance hype with reality in in terms of how you kind of get that messaging across? Uh, it's a de it's definitely a difficult balance. Uh, I think like first of all, it depends on what the concept is yeah. and how close to a re a real working product it actually is um from a technological perspective uh sophia was working on this on the show floor that center uh center module that you'll see in the uh, in the trailer that's that's uh looping on the screen right now yeah. is actually a cpu gpu uh board taken from one of our razor blade laptops uh so that's the cool thing, and uh, Min, our CEO, confirmed that. So that's not yeah. that's not no spoilers here. But uh, <laughs> because of really thin chassis sizes, uh, it actually made sense to be able to repurpose one of those uh, CPU GPU boards yeah. in a module that can pop in there. So if this were to come to market, uh, we're already making the the internal brains uh, of this product. We just needs to be put into a different form factor, which yeah. is super cool. Um, everything else, like the, uh, let me just describe what it is yeah. real quickly, yeah. just so people understand it. Basically, it's a 65 inch uh, display with speakers mounted on either side, and then the actual desk part of the board is a glass is a, a glass about 70, 75, 77 inch um, diagonal 
uh, desktop that has it's made to be fully wireless with inductive charging underneath it. That's important because there are different modules that can be popped in underneath these diff- these uh, different segments. Um, and the inductive charging comes in uh, to be able to one charge your uh, your devices wirelessly on the table. Also, to do some really cool things with the modules. Uh, one of them that we were showcasing uh, conceptually, at least. Uh, was a heating element for as a as a coffee warmer. Huh. So literally, like because you have the inductive charging, you can do really cool things to power other devices within uh, within the modules. So, uh, but it's not just uh, just uh, limited to things that use inductive charging. Um, it's this uh, this trailer showcases it really well. This is made to be fully customizable. Uh, think of it like a workbench in your uh, in your garage, and you can kind of pick the tools that you would be using. So yeah. if you're a graphic designer, you turn one of those areas into a tablet and use a stylus. Uh, if you're an audio engineer, then you can have all of your uh, EQ levels fully adjustable, adjustable with touch interface. Uh, it's pretty limitless uh, what you can do with the design concept, and that's really exciting. I think a lot of people saw this and... Um, they were they thought of like uh, Iron Man and like Tony Stark yeah, yeah, yeah. or like a touch interface version of like Minority Report. Yeah. Um, but that that customizability, let's go with that as a word. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe. I believe. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's really exciting because that's what allowed people to see themselves and see their own work within a concept product. I think that was the thing that drove this home for me as my 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 kind of like initial like, holy shit, what is this? Where can I get this? Is this real thing is because I'm consistently and constantly changing the kind of space that I work in. I'm always Mm -hmm. trying to think about, you know, what are the best ways that I can be as nimble in a space that is not going to change a lot? But the things I need to do within a space are going to change consistently and often. Um, and it just brought home a just like uh, the stylish version of what that could be for for me as a person who's always uh, one. If you put anything bright and shiny with glass on it, I'm like, <laughs> yay, I want that. Um, but but the the layers of that module uh, uh, design of being able to pluck things out, put things in and, and kind of make that mm-hmm. exactly what you need for the moment is like one of the reasons why I'm just like whatever the internet needs to do to get to Razer to make them make this thing I will figure out a way to pay for this thing somehow <laughs> like I would have whenever it winds up coming out if it comes out that would be something mm-hmm. that I would be like man like there are just so many opportunities for you know uh so many versions of content creation that is here like even if you're thinking about that induction spot where um you're thinking about warming up coffee like just imagine if you were doing that as a you know, I don't know how hot it would get, but like induction, right. induction burner to be able to do like cooking streams, low level cooking streams, right? Like here's your way to learn how to make, mm-hmm. make, make an egg, you know, do that kind of stuff. There's so many cool ways to kind of think about this. And I love the fact that you're already using again, tech that is already being built by, by, by Razor to, to think about the next layer of what this kind of uh, potential could be for the space. I think this is when I think of the future, this is a product that I think of in that space that's like really touching into that layer for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that when you look at turning this into a consumer-facing product, it, what scares a lot of people is the modularity of it a little bit yeah. because it's then it's like, how many different things do I need to buy? Um, but 
I think when you look at it, at least from a viability, a viability standpoint, mm-hmm. um, because it has a touch interface and because uh, it's a, it is a computer um, with those GUI interfaces, uh, you could you're not looking potentially you're not looking at buying new uh, modular uh, pieces every time you're trying to change out essentially what would be a scene uh, for the desktop. Uh, because it has a computer, you could you could likely change it like um, uh, like a Stream Deck sure. or something like a compared to almost like an OBS, where you have your different scenes that you can uh, that you can change those because it's modu- it's modular from both a hardware standpoint as well as a software standpoint because it has the brains and the innards of a full blown computer. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited about that having having now started to have that idea of like what does it look like to have a kind of all in one station that will let me do mm-hmm. so many different things within that space i think the 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 kind of you know dovetail to this is another one of the products i thought was kind of brilliant and was really surprising to see you all potentially dig into um and that was we're already understanding of the chair <laughs> space uh, that Razer and a lot of companies are digging into, but no one is thinking about, or no one is really dug into bringing haptics into the chair in a way that you have all kind of thinking about this in the design here. In the Enki Pro, this is really interesting. I've played around in the haptic space a little bit with some products that were <laughs> not that great uh, back in the day, but like this is basically like a gaming chair with, with D-Box tech in it. Right. It's correct. It's like yeah. in D box tech, if you know, actually, you know, I'll let you kind of uh, explain what this, this concept is for, for the folks at home. Yeah. Uh, well, I was hanging out with the guys from D box for a week. So if I, yeah. if I butcher it, that's uh they'll put a bullet in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, yeah, essentially D box is one of the biggest names in entertainment haptics. Um, the high end theater seats and theme park experiences that, um, that have uh, haptics built into them, both from a like orientation of the chair perspective, as well as uh, texturized haptics in the back and the base of chairs, uh, that's D-Box. So if you've ever been to like a really, really immersive theater with uh, sound and, uh, and rumble built into the chairs, then that you've, you've, you're familiar with D-Box, whether or not you know it. Um, and this is another concept product that we just wanted to showcase, uh, showcase really the possibilities of the technology. Uh, but the cool thing is this was not smoke and mirrors at all. This was fully working Mm. and we were, we were demoing it with, um, with both passive and interactive entertainment in our booth. So when I say that, uh, passive interactive, um, it's comp- right now. It's fully uh, fully integrated into over twenty two hundred different entertainment titles uh, across uh, passive entertainment, like streaming uh, programs, like the latest Witcher on Netflix, uh, the latest Book of Boba Fett on Disney Plus, as well as interactive media, so games. Um, it's compatible with uh, Forza Horizon Five, uh, mm. the latest uh, EA Codemasters F one twenty twenty one, as well as some action games like. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So we were demoing all of those, but particularly, wow, can't talk right now. Particularly <laughs> uh, with um, with Forza Horizon Five, it was really, 
really freaking cool because um and i hadn't used there were only two of these in the world and both of those were at ces yeah. so i hadn't used it until i got to the show but uh when you're driving and you change whether you're driving on asphalt versus uh, gravel you can feel the texture in the back and the base of the chair oh. uh, when you're the the moment that was the like aha moment for me was um, in the very first mission of the game uh, you drive down this wooden plank ramp and you could feel every individual plank running up your body oh. which was insane um, but then there's the orientation of the chair. So that's just the texture feedback. The orientation huh. of the chair uh, matches the pitch and yaw, uh, which are technical terms for from people that are familiar with flight simulators. Um, the pitch and yaw, so the, uh, the um, X and Y axis mm -hmm. of your car, it matches that. Uh, I guess that's a Z and Y axis whatever forward back uh, <laughs> left right up and down yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it uh it matches that with and it also matches the g-forces generated by your car you can so if you go in the air your car's uh actual uh, orientation is matched by the chair's orientation <laughs> um, and you can feel so and when you're in the air then all the texturized uh feedback stops because you're in the air there is no ground underneath you so you have this moment in your mind where you're starting panicking and you start anticipating landing. Yeah. Like you're really in the air and you're like bracing for impact. It's, it's wild. Oh. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And like, I think the one like really, really like detail thing that got me was every time your car shifted gears, you could feel that little kick yeah. in the chair. Yeah. And, it just got me into uh, that game. And that's a game that I put like 50 hours into myself. So it made me want to play more and more and more. Uh, you mean you didn't put 500 hours? In? Anyway. Um, <laughs> anywho. The, the, we're not going to get into that. I'm not going to do that to you. I, lo I love you too much to do that. But, I worked with Techland too much on Dead Island stuff. to. Yeah, yeah to exactly. That's the reason right why I'm, I'm not going to PTSD you on our show. Um but the thing that I'm even more excited about, because that you just sold me on the even the idea of what this is, because I think a lot of times people are still thinking about haptics in this very kind of rudimentary way. They're still thinking about it in the they way you think about, about the, the rumble packs, rumble packs and controllers. They're thinking about the really and, bad haptic yeah. stuff that was there where you feel the shot right. when you get shot in a, in, a, in a video game in your chest. We you have this vest on. Like this is this is very very different with the D box text and 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 this kind of com right. combo. So um, I mean the one thing is like uh, this isn't the first time that Razer's played around in the haptic space. Yeah, uh, we have haptics across um, multiple headsets of ours as well as uh, multiple controllers, and these aren't these aren't dumb haptics. Like yeah. uh, like you're these are smart and intelligent haptics uh, that aren't going to vibrate at every single uh, input. Uh, that they receive, uh, they actually have a range of vibrations and they also have uh, directional haptics. So it's essentially like surround sound with vibrations. So uh, it, it kind of, it matches uh, the, 
if you think like 7.1 uh, virtual surround sound in headphones, you can also get directional haptics as well. And you change the intensity, you change the frequency that it vibrates at. The This chair, the Anki Pro Hypersense, has over 46,000 different haptics variations that it's that it's possible. So where a rumble pack, it rumble packs actually the initial one for N64 didn't have any uh, range. Yeah. It was just it was literally an on-off switch. So that is one haptic variation. This is capable of forty six thousand different ones. So oh. it's it's come a long way since nineteen ninety six. I mean, I, I hope people will say that about me at some point. I've come a long way since nineteen ninety six. I think I, I think that jury's that, out. Cleave. I mean, you know, people who know me from back then, they're like, "Yeah, you got fat. That was it." Um, but I think the the other thing that I think about when it comes to this that I again I'm really excited about the potential for what this is. Besides the 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 kind of nor the usual gaming apparatus and, and kind of use case that you would have here, people don't think of seated VR in the same way either. And I think seated VR is has become even more of a space that people are playing with because of limited space. Yeah, folks who also have so what's on screen right now. Sorry, I, I want to interrupt you for what's on yeah, screen yeah, yeah. right now. There's they're developing a new technology, uh, D boxes, yeah. uh, called direct input haptics. Uh, which the the big problem with any technology like this is uh, not only do you need the technology, but you also need compatibility. Mm -hmm. So uh, if, if it's going to require a uh, developer to spend more time developing, then usually that's a non-starter. Yeah. But they are developing in-house this technology called direct input haptics, where the chair essentially, uh, if we're going to use a keyboard for comparison here, it matches your ASWD. Mm. Uh, so your your jump and everything, you the, the haptics of the chair are matching your input <laughs> rather than the code from the game. Oh. So when you talk about VR, that really excites me because that's like it would match that and really... It, this is essentially like VR for your body. Right. Ooh, I'm so excited for what this could potentially be. Again, these are the things that I get really excited about because I am just like a nerd for getting that sensory overload. Like I know a mm -hmm. lot of folks are, are still, you know, a little bit worried about, will I get sick in VR? Will I do, you know, again, there's, and there's tech reasons why you, what you get sick during VR uh, experiences besides people who just have motion sickness and those kinds of things. But I think this extra layer of immersion that we wind up seeing when we think about the future of games, you know, I'm not gonna dig into the conversations about the metaverse and all those things, but I think they are all weirdly connected in that way. And this next layer of interactivity is gonna help push that conversation forward in a way, you know, even if it doesn't look specifically like this particular product, Right. This conceptual idea around what that is going to be in the home yeah. is really important. Well, people were really excited about this, um, not just from a gaming standpoint, but from a simulation standpoint, mm -hmm. um, because the really high end haptic simulators for like, say, literally training, uh, training train conductors or training mm -hmm. uh, flights, uh, flight um, pilots flight pilots that's a wow but <laughs> a flight simulator for pilots um those run around like forty thousand yeah. dollars um and they don't have any mobility 
granted they they're capable of a lot more than this but even at like 70 80 percent of the comp- uh, compatibility like having a mobile version that you can actually wheel around this thing only weighs 65 pounds oh wow uh, that that was really really exciting um and people were just like can i buy this prototype like can I buy this like literally off of you right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it would because they don't have there's nothing else in the market, um, and that's really really fascinating. I do want to just say the do a taboo real real quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I hate this word. It's a buzzword. It means absolutely nothing because it's overused. But immersion, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, immersion is something that uh, something that I talked about a lot when presenting this uh, because immersion is the most overused word in gaming and and tech, but that's because people use it the wrong freaking way. Mm -hmm. And when we say immersion, we really mean about bringing in your senses and Mm -hmm. bringing in a sensory experience where gaming today is really mostly an audio visual experience. Um, Haptics really challenge that and bring in a whole new sense, the the sense of touch to make a more immersive experience. And when, uh, granted, usually the touch points are just like nodes on headsets or nodes on a controller. So very small ones, a haptic chair allows for a full body sensory experience uh, and touch points across your entire body, which allows for a lot more um, uh, capacity for immersion, which is super, super cool. And I think that the thing that really has me excited about not only the the layers that you shared and thank you for so eloquently, you know, bringing that conversation piece up, because I think that is a it is a word that people use just to throw out there because they don't they're not a throwaway word. It's yeah, it's overused now. Yeah. And and, unfortunately, yeah. And it is that layer of how do we pull your full body into this thing? I remember being at e3 a couple years ago when people were still trying to figure out smell vision right like it, it is that and it was weird because it was in the the like uh south park booth which was the worst smells mm-hmm. that they wanted you to smell to be a part of that experience but it was again like this poking and prodding at the idea around what immersion can be from that third and fourth and fifth sense that usually doesn't wind up kind of moving into that space. It was really interesting. Well, you're right. And I think that the cool thing is um, how different senses tie into your memory. Yeah. Uh, because the science, like this is this is something that there's a lot of science behind. And the olfactory sense, the sense of smell, has the most lasting attachment to your memory. Mm-hmm. If I get hit with a, whether it's a cologne or a, or I smell your, your mom's home cooking, that t- takes a very specific moment in time. Your uh, uh, your smell is attached to different things. You have think of be- having the ability to create that. It yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Um, Just imagine horrifying Ugh. if like a imagine like if a Dead Space game did that too. I mean, like. <sighs> I think that's the thing, too, because then you start to reimagine your memories from games that you played before. Right. And it would make you, you know, depending upon, again, like how how older games would respond to new technology like this. And if mm-hmm. it does wind up getting to that space where, you know, games that you played before were now kind of enabled within a space like this. Like, just imagine what Metal Gear would feel like within a chair like this, you know, like 
all those right. experiences or even smaller things like I want to know what it feels like when I'm playing Knockout City in a in a chair like this, right? It's like getting that thunk. I want, I want Mike Tyson's punch out. I want to get knocked around. <laughs> I think, but I think that those are like experiences that we just right. haven't had before. And I think that, you know, uh, I'm thinking about all of those things while also thinking like, you know, this could even be something that's super cool for the health and wellness layer of, of, of the space too, which I think is also mm -hmm. a space that doesn't really get a lot of love when it comes to, to, to gaming tech in that way, which I think is pretty cool. Cause people are right. like, how's the or shiatsu part of this chair? Work. <laughs> or like access accessibility like for mm -hmm. people that aren't mobile in their legs this allows them to feel mobile yeah like yeah. that's like there are a lot of possibilities with this and it's just it's exciting like yeah. I, I can't say anything else about it like i just it genuinely excites me that this is pushing the space forward and it has a 22 inch seat which which would handle my booty and I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate the fact you thought about my ass, literally, for this chair. I appreciate it. Um, the other now, now I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Happy New Year to you. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm also really interested to see, you know, because now, you know, with you have Sophia, you have the chair. I never thought of Razor digging into the smartwatch space, which I also think is 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 kind of cool. Um, you mean you, know, you mean this whole thing? Oh, don't you start! Don't you pull out dope gear in front of me that I can't have? Uh, it, it's you know, Will is showing for folks who are listening in the audio version. He's oh, showing yeah. off off the amazing watch now. It's beautiful. Well, the light is uh, the light is killing it. The, apparently, the ring light turns off the <laughs> turns off the sensor. It's sexy uh, though. I've I never, like the yeah. fact that like the beside again, like I think Razor does a really good job in terms of building not only super functional really really smart tech gear but mm -hmm. what they do is pull in the layer of the aesthetic that i think is really gorgeous and seeing you you know combine forces with one of my favorite watchmakers in fossil i was a huge wassel uh, a huge wassel fan uh huge fossil fan um when i was into my into collecting watches and seeing now mm -hmm. that you're combining with them that's really exciting too because i think that there's a layer there of you know the lifestyle brand kind of coming full circle uh i'd love to hear your thoughts about like what the reception was on the floor to to, to, to folks kind of seeing this be a new part of the lineup well this was really interesting um because uh, uh i mean it it has the latest uh qualcomm aware uh snapdragon or not snapdragon qualcomm Wear 4100 plus uh chipset in it which yeah. has like a gig of ram which compared to our laptops is is nothing uh but it's the latest technology in that it's uh this is built on the back of um fossils gen 6 smartwatch which just came out in september of 2021 mm. and this is the very first limited edition that they've made of their new uh gen 6 smartwatch huh. so that was exciting in and of itself that this is the first of uh any le's uh within that uh that platform but the because it was built off an existing product and it was essentially a software partnership with our team mm. uh, and their hardware team 
because we made a couple, we made custom watch faces. There's Chroma uh, built into this. Obviously, uh, Razer has uh, the world's largest ARGB Chroma ecosystem. Yeah. Um, so this just expands that even further. But we, I don't know what I was really expecting from a reception standpoint yeah. because this is from a uh, from a chipset and from a hardware um, perspective. This was a four month old product mm, that okay. we we're showcasing. Uh, so that's I came into it with that except with that kind of expectation and perception. However, I think the brand affinity, like people love Razer, they love the um, this is not only like from a visual ID perspective, really cool. Like it has a black band as well as a green band that's, yeah. that's interchangeable. Um, but people were really excited about it. It actually won two best of CES awards huh. and it's, and it is not a new heart piece of hardware, huh. which is wild. Uh, like it, we, we submitted it for it. Um, and we won two best wearable at CES awards. Huh? That's which awesome. is which is which is crazy. Like I don't want I don't want to say that it's too crazy because I think it, it deserves it. I've been wearing this watch for like the past month since I got I got mine, but yeah. um it's super exciting. I think uh you hit the nail on the head uh with this expands kind of uh Razor's brand presence within yeah. the lifestyle space. Obviously, yeah. we've had uh we've had past partnerships whether it's um with Bape or mm-hmm. uh, or other or other brands within the space. We partnered with Panerai for like a super high end um, sustainability uh, watch that is due out at some point in this year. Um, but this is this is this nice convergence of fashion and lifestyle uh, with uh, with a company whose kind of visual ID matches that of our own. Yeah, yeah, and and I like the fact that it throws you even further into the wearable space, which I think is um, a exactly. space the space that a lot of companies are kind of playing around with, but I don't think they have mm-hmm. that 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 brand um, that 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 visual that people kind of think of when they think of of Razor. You, you know, like you have the the the, yeah. the green that's always kind of tied to to it, the black I mean, and the green layers. We uh, like. Right. We, like this isn't our first. This isn't our first wearable. Like these are yeah. our hammerhead true wireless. These are our earbuds. Yeah. Um, we make smart glasses. Uh, we have our uh, our Zephyr smart mask, uh, and wearable air purifier. There's, there are a multitude of different products that we have within the wearable space. So this was a natural extension of wearables as well as a nice brand intersection between lifestyle and fashion. I need to go look up the the smart glasses stuff because I haven't I haven't seen that I missed that when did I miss that All Yeah, right. it came out. I don't peg the date on me because it came out before I started there, but I believe it was uh, about between twelve and eighteen months ago. Um, but it's uh, I'll Google it. Here, I'll we, look. I'll look it up. One second. I got them. I got them right there. All right. While you're doing that, I'm going I'm to move over to the Zephyr because I think that that's also one of the real interesting layers there too. Um. While while Will is going to get the the glasses uh, for the visuals uh, that we'll have on here, I think for everybody at home, I think again this is one of those conversations about you know where do we wind up finding a company like this moving into new and 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 kind of really fun spaces to play. Uh, oh, okay, we're showing off the glasses now. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, 
just just really really quickly on the on the glasses they yeah. have interchangeable lenses so both uh blue light blockers as well as um as um sunglasses and you can pop in prescription if that's your thing uh but i don't know if, let me see if the camera can detect this ah it looks right like some speakers there. right on the, on the ears yeah so these are bluetooth speakers that actually are directional so huh. they feed directly into your ears as well as an array microphone um so if you don't want to wear say glasses and um in in ear like um wireless earbud then mm. you can have one thing to cover off on everything so you can lounge at the pool while listening to music while and it doesn't look like you are that's the thing okay see now 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 you've made my my wife mad because she just heard my my wallet move through telekinesis it's, somewhere in the house it's my favorite thing <laughs> my favorite thing about products uh and um this is something that like branding people will yell at me for is <laughs> Uh, like I like gaming tees that you don't know it's a game. Like right. I'm wearing a uh, Shadow of the Colossus tee right now. Yep. Yeah, but you would like, never know unless you were super gaming focused. And, and yeah, it's thing. like it doesn't. There's no like Shadow of the Colossus written on to, uh, written over it. There's no like made huge PlayStation branding. It it's subtle and it's something that you want to use because you're not screaming the brand's name. Yeah. And that makes me want to use products more um, if it's my brand, not theirs. Yeah, like I, I think I think even kind of moving over to the Zephyr, I think that was a thing, too, that I think a lot of people when they first saw it, they were like, well, who like where is this Bane mask coming from? That is this tech <laughs> tech Bane mask. But I think that the thing that a lot of folks did not do when they saw that this kind of concept then was becoming a real thing because it feels like that the zephyr itself felt like it moved from hey we're going to show this thing as a potential idea of what we wanted to do to being a thing that you could actually purchase pretty quickly in terms of the way that the conversation insanely moved. fast yeah that's the thing um, that doesn't happen that often right because it last year in 2021 at ces it was unveiled as project hazel so yeah. it was a it was a prototype project um concept product similar to sophia or uh anki pro hypersense yeah. and it went for sale it went from concept with a different visual id yeah. to a consumer facing product mass produced and manufactured in 10 months which is that's wild in, in actually insane that does not happen at all in tech in that way to get something like this out into mm -hmm. the world it, it, i i didn't catch the if there were any new additions to this version of it than the previous yeah one. so i mean it's it has the exact same feature set as um as the previous zephyr so the zephyr pro is pro because uh one of the key um key just it complaints was that because of the seal around your nose and mouth, it actually uh, muffles your voice ah, okay. quite a bit. So in the pro version, we added speakers uh, and a microphone to be able to have voice amplification. So up to 60 decibels uh, at a one meter radius. But the one thing that we were also showing uh, at CES for the first time, because it got confirmed even after I wrote the press release for, for this, <laughs> was uh, was uh, voice modification as well. Ah, so so if you want to do your Bane voice, if you want to do your Darth Vader voice, uh, 
it now has a speaker and microphone as well as software uh, to do voice modification. That's so great. I, again, like I, it's it's stuff like that that I'm just like, oh, my damn wallet. Why? It's so great. But it's like one of those things of like, besides the fact that it will help you in kind of the, the new world that we live in, it is. It is also has that kind of fun layer to yeah. it with with the with the chroma kind of working. This I mean, I, I do want to be clear that this like the Zephyr is not uh, PPE. It's yep. not personal protective equipment. Um, just because of the amount of certification and everything that uh, those do take, including a lot of those tests aren't even available for yep. a new category of product like this. Um, so if you we don't have this replace your N95 mask, yeah. uh, but it can augment it in, in situations if you simply need a facial covering. Yep. Um, then this does have uh, it does have uh, tested filters, but the mask as a whole cannot be certified because those tests do not exist right now. Good. So that that if you needed that information before you went and copped one. Now you know. Uh, this is not a substitute for 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 those kinds of the masks. more you know yes <laughs> yes and now you can you can tell people in the 60 decibels even louder they're like get the hell away from me um, <laughs> yeah uh, i was i was doing the more you know because it has a rainbow trail on it and there are argb lights in this so. i mean that's, that's that was my reference but. i mean i'm going clubbing in this bad boy once i get one of these whenever this you i mean it'll, it'll be like really far it'll be like me clubbing through a window though it'll be like i'm not going in i'm just gonna <laughs> dance outside like a weirdo um, see what you gotta do is just wear a hula hoop so that no one can get close to you <laughs> just get suspenders and a hula hoop God, keep Portland weird. Anyway, that'll, that'll definitely be one of those things where we're like, Kyle, why is Kyle outside with a freaking hula hoop and a, and a Zephyr mask? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just oh don't, don't touch me. Yeah. Just back up <laughs> off me, fam. Um, uh, and, and of course, I want to I dig really quickly because uh, we, we've kept you mm-hmm. actually way longer than we were expecting to keep you, but it's been so much fun uh, to snag you. It's been, you know, of course, the classic Razor line uh, of laptops that are here, you know, 14, 15, and 17 inches. I was going over and through through some of the specs on some of these and seeing that, you know, in some of the kind of higher end versions of, I mean, they're all high end, but I mean, in terms of like gear specced out layers of what you're talking about, you'll be able to get in some of these versions of 3080 Ti. Yep. RTX 3080 Ti in all of these up to in, in even in a 14 inch chassis, even in the 14 up to. What? You can get a the fourteen is the AM, is our AMD SKU. The other two are um, our Intel base. I sevens, yeah, but yeah, or i nines. Oh, i seven i nine. Oh, you get, oh yes, yes, i seven and yeah, i nine the, version. Yeah, yeah, it's the and the up to the the brand new twelfth gen fourteen uh, core processor. Wow, in the fifteen and seventeen. So the fourteen is the uh, Ryzen nine sixty nine hundred HX. So yeah. the brand new AMD uh, chipset and up to an RTX 3080 Ti, which in a 14 inch chassis is Bonkers. insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. So I'm like, that's that's wild in a chassis size that small. I, as a person again who has dabbled in this space for work at some point, I am constantly in awe of how manufacturers are able to cram so much power into such a small form factor when you're thinking about heat dispersion you're thinking about you know ridiculous well, visuals. yeah i mean well we have our vapor we have our vapor chambers which uh 
which are great because they actually do a lot of that dissipation mm-hmm. um, and keep the keep the heat down in the like especially the larger chassis sizes that are like that that 17 inches essentially it, it's a desktop replacement yeah yeah i mean I, that's like it is that is made to be a workhorse yeah i i mean um, i remember very specifically uh when we would have devs come in and we would have them, you know, when I was working my IT desk job some years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and we would give them the option of saying, you know, if you're a kind of like normal worker, you're not really doing coding, you're not doing that kind of stuff, you'll get, you know, option of a kind of Dell machine or, or uh, uh, another another version of that. But any of the actual devs, when we would come in and we wouldn't even ask them, we would just give them a razor. We're like, here's the razor machine. Uh, <laughs> here yeah, you go. I know you, you raise a really good point. And I mean, uh, I, so from from this new generation of razor blades and 14, 15, 17 inch chassis, yeah. like this is mostly a uh, a chipset yep. uh, refresh. There are a couple ID changes, include including like uh, larger keyboards and um, and uh, new screens uh, with 144 hertz re- uh, refresh rates. But uh, this was mostly a refresh around the the chipsets. Mm. But the the great thing about all razor products whether or all razor laptops whether it's our uh, blades which are made for gaming or our um our razor books which is our productivity line of laptops uh we've actually been marketing the productivity laptops to stem students now huh. uh because w- if you're an engineering student or if you're a design student you need a dedicated gpu yep and a, like a chromebook won't cut it if you're if you're doing CAD rent or like video rendering, yep. like <laughs> good, good luck. Yeah, uh-huh. good, good luck on a Chromebook. Um, the the cloud based solutions aren't there yet yep. uh, in, from a software standpoint. So that's something that like is uniform is uniform across all of our laptops is a dedicated GPU solution, mm. and it's something that we think is really important, uh, regardless of what you're using it for. If you're getting uh, if you're getting a Razer laptop you are getting something that has dedicated graphics processing. Yeah, uh, it is It is one of my favorite machines when I'm on the go. It is. It was one of the machines that when I was like thinking about what next laptop I was trying to figure out what to get, mm-hmm. um, I was in the market for, for, for one of these bad boys. And it's, it's, it's fantastic to see the conversation has kind of grown from, you know, a productivity standpoint, from a form factor standpoint, you know, now moving, like you said, over to the new chipset, which would give a lot more power from from all those kinds of uh, pieces yeah, of those gear. Yeah, those P&E cores, man, you know. <laughs> Performance <laughs> and efficiency, baby. That's the way it works. Um, it, it is very cool to see the, the kind of future of, of Razer looking extremely bright, both from a, you know, a real and conceptual phase of, of where things well, are Well, you got to turn the brightness up to have it be even brighter. I mean, I mean, look, it, if I had that's a, shades. That's a, display, that's a display joke. For laptops, <laughs> get on, get out of here. Yeah, that's amazing. Hey, comedy's best when it's explained, Ka. I mean, you have to tell the reason why you told the joke. Um, I, I'm actually really excited for the future of what you all are doing. When you think about really quickly before we let you go, when you think about the products that got kind of shown off during during CES this year, is there any one that sticks out that you're even more? excited about kind of seeing either come to fruition or one that's in the mix that is that is already there that you're like consumers this is what you should be thinking about the future and how it could potentially look i mean honestly uh 
I think our console lineup is is crazy. Yeah. Um. I I think that that's something that's often overlooked. Yeah. Uh, when people think about Razer, because they think about Razer, they think about mice. They think yeah. about keyboards, headsets. Um, but one of the really cool things is we essentially have um, we have trickle down R and D is the best mm. way to put it. And so all of the sixteen years of R and D that's gone into our mice and our keyboards, all the console gamers are now reaping the benefits of. So. I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this on the microphone because of my noise noise gates. Yeah. But we put um, mecha tactile switches in our controllers that we make, yep. uh, so that the the actual um, input uh, and actuation of the buttons is forty percent faster than first party controllers. Uh, and it also just sounds freaking sexy. I'm going to do it while I'm talking so that the mic's open, but yeah. you can hear yeah. as it's going there. Like Mickey. the actual clickiness, it it's the exact same switches that are in our um, our esports mice. The up to th- three million br- button press like lifespan, which is is great, but also because it's on the D pad too. If you're uh, playing an FGC game, mm-hmm. you know that you're hitting the right. It's down left back, down left back. You know um, that you're actually hitting those buttons because you can hear them and you know that they're going to be actuated like this something that's that's just really cool but also like that's just in controllers but in headsets like we're taking our same sound profiles and the drivers that are in our black sharks when i'm wearing um are in our console headsets too uh but the form factor and uh and feature sets are made for console players Mm. so things like that are just really cool that we're not alienating people based on what platform they play on. Yeah, we're t- we're taking our technology and giving it to everyone uh, in just a way that makes sense for them on their platform. You are leveling the playing field, as as they would say, in in lots of different ways, which I which I love. Well. Yeah, I mean that's that was actually the cool thing. Like, so I I was working on the campaign for the, for this controller, and yeah. um, I've I mean over the past year I've really been on keyboard and mouse on everything like PC gamer. So yeah. I was like, why why would I use a controller? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did a bunch of research and uh, and like Apex Legends players they actually have uh, not only keyboard and mouse but they also have a controller with them at all times, like the professional ones, mm-hmm. uh, because when they get into the final circle, they'll actually switch over to a controller because of uh, aim assist and just being able to um, just just concentrate in a lower span. They're not going to be sniping, right, or what have you. Yep. So, um, and then like the back paddles, the back buttons. I was just everything is about having a use case. So I was like, why and when am I going to use these? Mm-hmm. And you talked about leveling the playing field. This is exactly what this does. So most people just map these buttons to their face buttons, their uh, A, B, uh, X, Y, yeah. so that they never have to take their thumb off the, th- the thumbstick. Yep. So it's basically levels the playing field between uh, or closer to keyboard and mouse players as uh, people that prefer game pads. Uh, music to my ears for multiple lanes because I'm a big fighting game fan. And I, again, I have... You know, one of those bad boys, I'm using it and playing around with it, and, and it feels great. It just feels really good. I think as a person who, you know, you understand when you don't have that 
millisecond of reaction time that you really need, especially when you're getting old like me, where you need all the seconds you can possibly possibly use. Uh, it helps to feel like the 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 hardware is not the the breaking point. It, it is it is my, you know, carpal tunnel, um, <laughs> and all and all those things. Um, it is Father Time kicking my ass. Uh, but um, I got to thank you. Thank you so much for being here on the show. I mean, it is it is of course always good to see you, uh, and, and chop it up and talk about all the things that you're working on. But I've again been really really impressed with what Razor has been putting out in the world. I think this CES was was one of the strongest showings for for a complete line of gear that is going to be, you know, thinking about the the, the video game space in, in a much 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 broader uh, sense. Um, and yeah, now I'm going to be broke because I got to go buy a, a pair of glasses <laughs> and, and and a new watch now because of how sexy that looked yeah. and, and a sexy mask. I mean, like me. I, I think I think at the end of the day, like market marketing is one thing, sure, sure, sure. Uh, but when your entire tagline of a company is for gamers by gamers, I think like y- you need to have that mean something. Yeah. And it, like this, it's very much like a mindset that permeates it through every level of the company. And you can, you can see that with the products that we announced, like this is definitely engineered for something of like, like I just want the ultimate PC setup at a desk or like, I just want, mm-hmm. I don't want this. And I want to, I just want to show what's possible and hasn't been done before in the space. I, I think that, you know, I, I'm much more excited for, you know, what my new setup is going to look like, what <laughs> the way all those things are going to kind of, you know, come to uh, fruition, you know, moving forward. I think it, it is really fun to talk tech with you and talk about all the geek stuff out. Uh, that you got a chance was there anything before we let you go was there anything that you got a chance to see that was non-razor uh related that that hyped you up at ces what were some of the the highlights for you for ces though oh my god um i forget the name of it the color changing bmw paint oh yes it was so it was wild you just like i was expecting like a demo for it but you just walk by and it's just working like for for those of you that didn't see it or you should look it up it's ces like bmw i forget the the name of the yeah of the car that it was but it was a custom one at the show and the paint would go from the front to the from the no or from the hood to the to the trunk and it would change colors in one swoop (laughs) and it was just wild it was literally a color changing car um that because of the technology wasn't street legal <laughs> <laughs> right 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 like yeah. uh night rider all just amazing again, right? cool cool stuff oh my goodness well again well thank you so much for being here as as always would love to have you come back and and talk more about the stuff you're working on and all the goodies that razor is bringing out into the world uh if folks want to follow you get more information about the work that you're you're doing and, and more razor gear where would people be able to go do that I am uh, Will J Powers everywhere. So follow me on the Twitters. Uh, if you hate your life and you're a Twitter person like me, uh, <laughs> then you can find me there. <laughs> uh, team Hate Your Life here coming to you live from Spot OV <laughs> in all the best ways. Um, everybody at home, uh, we're going to peace out. We actually, this was going to be a short kind of snippet episode where we we're going to kind of pull this together, but this turned into a wonderful full blown dope ass episode with my man will so this is super super cool 
we're going to talk to you a little bit later. We have more goodies coming for all of you. We have some conversations around the Spawnies, uh, which is going to be debuting very, very soon. We're going to be talking about our launch date for that and a whole bunch of other conversations here on Spawn and Me. So again, thank you, Will, for being here. Everybody at home in Bracago, we will see you all very, very soon. Much love and peace.